Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. If you're struggling with drugs, alcohol, gambling or food, or concerned about somebody who is, tune in to The Living Free Show on 3CR at 1pm every Thursday. I don't know how I got there, but and I couldn't stop it. I had stopped expecting that anybody cared. Never enough. I'm never enough. It's never enough. He's never enough. That was the confusion. Tune in to Living Free, stories of recovery from addictive behaviour, Thursdays at 1pm on 3CR. Or listen at 3CR on digital radio or podcasts and live streaming on 3cr.org.au. Being able to centre myself and be okay in myself and turn my world around. Living free. Welcome to the Living Free Show on 3CR Community Radio, 855 kilohertz on your AM dial. I'm Anne, and with co-hosts Bill and Gab, I'd like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, traditional owners of the land from which 3CR transmits people-powered radio. We'd like to pay our respects to Elders past and present, and to acknowledge that sovereignty over this land was never ceded. Each week on The Living Free Show, we showcase one of the many programs that assist in recovery from drug, alcohol, gambling, food and other addictions. Our guests share their recovery stories and highlight that shared experience saves lives. Today the focus is on Al-Anon family groups. Al-Anon is a fellowship of relatives and friends of alcoholics who share their experience, strength and hope in order to solve their common problems. Al-Anon believes that alcoholism is a family illness and that changed attitudes can aid recovery. This week I'm joined via WhatsApp by Poonam, a member of Al-Anon family groups from New Delhi in India. Welcome Poonam. Thank you, Anne. Thank you very much for talking to us today. We're going to just hear your story of um, the effect of alcoholism on you. And would you just start us off, please, by telling us where you grew up? Tell us a little bit about your childhood. I uh, grew up in a village, which is on the outskirt of uh, New Delhi. And uh, I, I spent around 14 years in a village. And after that, I moved to the city for my further studies. Okay. And... Did you have difficulties with problem drinkers during the during your childhood in the village? Okay, luckily I uh, never came across uh, alcoholics uh, when I was young, so I did not uh, face any problem because I don't remember, you know, coming close to them. Is alcoholism the sort of thing you might find in a in a rural um, village in India, or is it uncommon? Okay, a good question. I uh, see we were lived in a very uh, in a joint family. We were uh, kind of very protected uh, in in our house. And I do remember that one of my cousins, who was the owner of a petrol pump, used to drink. But it was done in so much of isolation that we never came across. But yes. I presume his wife would be, you know, dealing with him. But that she never complained. And it appeared to be a very happy kind of uh, marriage. So uh, in reality, I never came across any uh, alcoholic when I was young. So what was your experience of childhood, especially with school and early friendships? What sort of kid were you? 
Okay, so uh, I had a very good childhood, very disciplined, and I was one of the uh, few lucky uh, person who got to study in an English medium school. You no know, thanks to that school that you know I'm able to speak to you so fluently. My school was uh, very good in the sense it has a lot of activities, and where I was you know motivated to converse in English because in India during those days I'm seventy one born. English was a foreign language, but because of my uh, school environment where English was you know focused very well, we were fine for speaking in Hindi. So uh, you know I got to learn English from my school. And other than this, I'm so uh, like I was very good in academics. I was uh, adored by my teachers, and uh, I had good friends. But now I can see that. I think I was little snob. I had some <laughs> ego because I was very good in studies. So I kept a distance from those students who were not good in academics. <laughs> and so you went? Did you go to study in New Delhi? Yes, when I was eighteen, I did my electronics. Oh, so here a diversion started where my, you know, my father was a kind of controller, and he decided this course for me, which. i did but despite of uh, the fact that uh, i did not like the course because of the friends because of the good friends i i stayed in hostel for 3 years i had a good time even there was it unusual for a father to choose electronics for his daughter in those days strikes me as quite a masculine job i think uh, it was not unusual but there were very limited careers during those time though yeah. i wanted to be in a hostess but uh, <laughs> or a model but during those days you know those uh, fields were not um, considered good for respectful families because of my height in fact i was i'm 5 ft 10 inch and i'm very photogenic so my friends used to say punam you should be uh, a model and i did try but then you know i needed uh, support from my peers which i couldn't get and you didn't you didn't get that <laughs> no and at what point um in your adult life then did you come into contact with alcoholism after i got married i was uh, 22 when i got married and because i was tall my father was very very much worried about me for not getting a groom of for my height yeah. so the first guy he got my my husband like 63 so he just kind of forced me into this marriage and this was the first interaction with alcohol and uh, soon uh, after my marriage because see before marriage it is generally asked in india is the boy drinking or not so i was told that he drinks a couple of drinks in parties which as a child i don't know what does that mean so i said fine oh he uh, smokes he will leave smoking once he gets married so i said fine and then uh, i did uh, meet him before i got married we uh, met a couple of times and that time like he was he seduced me and he used to buy expensive gifts and he started controlling me even before i got married and most important part also is that i think i was just waiting for for this uh, uh, marriage because i adapt to people and you know he was Uh, nine years elder to me, so I kind of you know it was a fatherly image that I was setting in. He was a controller, and I wanted to be controlled. I was not in love with him. Did that come at any point? 
Okay, so after you know physical intimacy, you know things got changed, and I started loving. I showed my love in number of ways. Like uh, one of the way which which I say is not healthy is do everything for them. So I I volunteered to be controlled, but also at the same time I didn't have Alanon. So this goes back to my childhood, which I didn't mention earlier. So during my childhood, you know, I was very scared of being scolded. Yeah. I was a people pleaser. I d- did excel my academics not because I loved studies. It was because I was scared of teachers. Yes. And during those days, corporal punishment was used in our school. We were, you know, beaten up for not getting marks. We were scolded. We were abused. As a child, I would say I did not enjoy my school days. It was only my uh, goal was to get good marks, and when my mother goes to PTM, I should get good appraisal. So yeah. that way, I will get the validation from my uh, parents. Yeah. You said your husband was controlling already. Was that controlling in a way that you thought at the time was dysfunctional, or was it just an Indian man being the head of the household? I would say. Um, it was his personality not only he was uh, not a, as a typical indian man but his personality and that also goes back to his mother was a great controller she was like a hitler so he was raised in this environment where he was controlled by his mother but then he became rebellious after he uh, started earning he started working at a very uh, young age there was a financial constraint so he did not he did it studies for the studies through correspondence he started working but he was very talented and he was a big controller so typical indian man raised by an indian mother and you know that came natural to him to control others mm-hmm. so this way my father in law was you know uh, he was controlled by everyone and in our family my husband was treated like a king and my my father in law uh, was he was a kind of slave you know he helped my mother in law in all the household work and even my father in law was scared of my husband okay and, and so what sort of behaviors did he have that made your father in law scared oh he used to shout after drinking he used to cause ruckus and uh, while drinking uh, he you know he, how could a uh, son you know ask his father to get the ice cubes and cigarettes you know my my father in law was not drinking but he used to get everything he used to wash his clothes he used to iron his clothes he used to do everything that my uh, husband asked for and was your yeah. husband the only person in the family drinking yes and how did that first start to take its toll on you Oh that's a good good one. So when I uh, got married I saw there were some family altercations and they were uh, stemming up even before marriage they were having problems but now uh, I was a center of uh, like a soft corner and it was just uh, spreaded that you know since he's got married he started drinking more. So it so happened that I was told that you know if you get pregnant then uh, your life will be good. So I uh, got uh, pregnant in the first year and uh, because of this uh, family what should I say a very unfriendly uh, f- kind of environment my husband said that he requires a bottle to talk to his mother. 
So even that normal conversation, my my husband couldn't do. For example, that he couldn't tell his parents that we are not happy and we want to live separately. So even to say this, he required a bottle, and then there was a big fight, which I felt guilty, which I took the blame on myself that it is all happening because of me. And uh, while I was pregnant, around the ninth month, I was full term pregnant. There was a big fight between my husband and my mother-in-law. Where both of just to clarify, Poonam. So you, you, when you say separate, you mean separate from your in-laws? Yes. So I was uh, full-time pregnant. So that day also he was drunk, and they started fighting in front of me. So my mother was uh, blaming that you have used all our money for this wedding, and my husband was uh, using the choicest word and. they were i mean these words i can never imagine between a, a mother and son and then uh, my husband picked up a knife to kill himself and you know they were a big fight between them so i went and i you know tried to save them so that was a first rock bottom for me from there i fled to my parents place uh, it was advised by uh, one of my friend to give birth to the baby at my parents place for my safety sake and soon uh, after like after day or two my husband came seeking forgiveness and you know to which i melted down and from after my baby was born we shifted to a new place from there my dilemma started because now i have to deal the alcoholic husband he uh, started abusing me in the sense that i did not know cooking but i tried my best and he used to you know find out mistakes in that and he used to leave the uh, tiffin and i used to run back uh, behind him with the tiffin box Remi- uh, remind you i'm having a little kid also to look after and that day those days we did not have any household help so what he did that he said that in dowry your parents has given very less dowry or jewelry so you have your share now what you do go and return the jewelry to your parents and tell them that see you have not done right to me and then he carried me to my parents and i returned the jewelry so my mother kept the jewelry and after that when he came back he started fighting with me that look your parents have kept the jewelry their their intentions are not clear for you you know here i was just mindless you know because you asked me to return the jewelry now you're fighting that they have kept it this is one thing second thing is that my son was born i was married in 1993 my son was born in 94 february in august i uh, attempted my first suicide because of my husband and if that that time you know what i was thinking that it was my anger because of my anger i did this i should have you know handled him with uh, more maturity so again i took the blame on me and here he was came to me and uh, told me that you know i'm going to open this to your parents look what what have you done and i'm literally on his feet no please take me back this won't happen so you get my sickness you know i'm taking that unacceptable behavior when um, how long had you been married at this point okay so uh, my uh, one year marriage i attempted suicide 
And the second incident, I very clearly remember that he uh, physically abused me in a party. He was drunk. He physically abused me in front of so many people. He abused me. I mean, now I see my sickness. You know, I had zero self-esteem. Here I am uh, seeing this man whom, whom I loved him. He's the first man with whom I made love. I couldn't process this. I thought things will improve with time. And there was no question of you going back to your parents? Was that not a possibility? Well, that, that, there was a possibility. But I don't know what insanity I had. I, I love this man and I wanted to stay with him. I, I wanted to work, work it out because even if I tried to uh, live with my parents, I used to miss him, one thing. And second thing is he used to come back and seek forgiveness and you know, assure me that you know, nothing will happen. I used to go uh, with him, even without, you know, bringing my parents into some kind of conversation. That was my, you know, stupidity. But I thought, okay, uh, now he loves me. And I used to trust him like blindly. Though my heart was not trusting him, but, mm. but still I used to go because I was madly in love with my mm. husband. Were your parents convinced by him? That Were they saying to you, go back with him because he's asking for forgiveness? Uh, when I was pregnant, I came back to my parents. So it was only that time that my parents convinced me to go back to my husband because that was a very sensitive time you know, of a woman, newly married, pregnant. After that, when my parents saw my husband's behavior, they, were, they supported me. They wanted me to uh, take a decision and come back. But that time, I couldn't fathom divorce or anything. You know? yeah. I was very, very scared of this. So I took this unacceptable behavior for many, many years.
costing you more than money? Alcoholics Anonymous provides a free and anonymous recovery service to anyone who wants to call it quits. Join millions of other alcoholics worldwide and take your first brave steps towards a new beginning. There are thousands of AA meetings happening every week across Australia. If you'd like to find your closest meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous or have any questions regarding this tried and tested treatment for alcoholism, Call 1300 AA AA AA. That's 1300 22 22 22. Or visit aa.org.au. This community service announcement is sponsored by Alcoholics Anonymous. Published or Not has been around for years, but now Jan Goldsmith is joined by David McLean. We will chat about words and writing, authors and audiences, publishers and printing, a voice for them all on 3CR. Published or Not, every Thursday, 11.30 till noon. When you get home, baby, write me a few of your lines. This is the Living Free Show on 3CR 855 kilohertz on your AM radio dial and 3CR on digital radio. If you would like to listen to one of our many podcasts, then you can find us on your preferred podcast platform or just Google 3CR Living Free and check out our website. You can also contact us via phone, email or Twitter. I'm talking today with Poonam, a member of the Worldwide Fellowship of Al-Anon. Poonam is joining us from New Delhi in India. Just before we played George Michael there, um, you talked about living in fear for many years. How many years did that go on for? 
All right. Uh, I got the message uh, in 2007 of, uh, of Al-Anon. And uh, that was, again, it was, Al-Anon was meant for me and has a little story how I got the introduction of Al-Anon. So I was, I was working in a school and then I had a fear that the income is very less. And if my husband dies, because his hospital's visits were now increasing. So I had a fear that if he dies, I won't be able to take care of my sons. So out of the fear, I joined a, a company in Gurgaon, which is close to Delhi. And it so happened that I built up a very respectful image of my husband in my company. And it so happened that uh, my husband got drunk and he abused my boss. So my boss called me up and I think this was a blessing in disguise because she was a Christian and she was doing a Sunday masses in free church in India. So she called me and she said, Poonam, I've understood uh, the real problem is alcohol. And I think there is a program which is meant for alcoholics. And uh, there is someone whom I know. So why don't you go and attend that meeting? And uh, I said, fine. For many weeks, you know, I procrastinated. I used to, you know, convince myself, but today he's not drunk. And he was a functional alcoholic. He was earning. And I didn't want to go there. But my rock bottom was hit. And I did my first meeting where I remember getting down at a metro station before I had before of this uh, place. So I have to walk uh, like two, three kilometers with my sons. We did not carry a water bottle. Uh, there is one funny thing is that my first meeting, which I attended was AA meeting. Yeah. Because Eleanor was on the first floor. I just entered the door, which was open and I went there. Uh, you know, there was no electricity. There were just uh, candles. And I saw these uh, men who were very happily sharing. And the first thing that I he uh, heard was like, I'm Mr. A, I'm an alcoholic. And I said, what? I mean, someone can openly tell I'm an alcoholic? Because my husband never ever said that. No. So I, I knew that these are very honest people. Mm -hmm. And they're very happily sharing their stories. So... I, I imagine my husband to be there happily sharing his story and he'll become a nice person like them. And also there was one uh, anniversary celebrated. We got to, uh, we have that, uh, some dessert or sweet. So I said, wow, this is a nice place. I was very happy. And then uh, there, there was one uh, AA member who quickly uh, gave his number. And uh, then I came out and I, I spoke to him. And then I was like, my husband does this, my husband does this. And he said, okay, wait, wait, wait. Uh, what are you going to do when you go home? Uh, are you hungry? I said, yeah. So you're going to cook dinner? I said, yeah. So you just go and cook dinner. Don't, don't do anything else. Yeah. I said, okay. And I was thinking like, I am under so much of pressure. And he's asking me to cook the dinner here. What kind of man he is. But the same alcoholic uh, AA member, he introduced me to Al-Anon meeting. And there, you know, I recognized a female who was traveling uh, with me in the metro. And later on, she became my sponsor too. Wow. <laughs> yes. So from there, I started attending meetings. But that was the only time, only when my husband was in hospital. 
I knew once he come back, he will never allow me to go out. So when he came back out of the fear, around one year, I didn't attend the meetings. I was so much scared of him now. I begged him that it's a very nice place and I will, and I tried attending, you know, I left a yellow note that, you know, I'm going to a meeting. So when I came back, he uh, threw this uh, TV remote on me and I was scared. So I, I didn't attend for many months. Did you tell him about AA? Okay. So uh, later on, I requested him to attend one meeting and he did uh, join me half-heartedly. He was continuous on the phone and he sat uh, in the meeting. And after he came out, he said, no, this place is for losers. They have so much of time. They are sharing their sob stories. I don't have time for all this. I am earning well and never asked me to come to this place. After that, he never. He was, in fact, strictly against my attending meetings. Mm -hmm. And he did everything to stop me from attending the meetings. Like, I've gone to attend a meeting. While coming back, my sons are calling me up that today, Papa will not allow you to enter the house because you are, you are going to attend the meeting. And that time, I used to panic. Should I call the police? Should I call uh, my parents? What, what should I do? And you know what? He has convinced my children also that the day your mother goes for meeting, there is a ruckus in the house. So even my sons were against the meeting. And they said, Mommy, why do you go to meeting? What do you get over there? So there's one incident where I uh, entered the house and I was surrounded by my sons, by a servant, by my husband, and he was carrying a stick. He was carrying a stick. And he raised the stick, and I was just sitting down. So it just like stuck in my house that he has hit me on my bone, you know, my backbone. But that didn't happen. But you know, that fear was very, very you know, mm. powerful. Still, I uh, managed to do meetings because with every episode, I knew that Alanon is a place which shows me my situation. This is the place. You were hearing similar stories? Yes. Yes. They were telling uh, stories and that were making sense to me. And I love the fact that no one was advising. No one was telling what you should be doing. But I was gaining that confidence. And you know why I went to the meeting was to get that unconditional love and that peace I got after I attended the meeting. So at the end of the meeting, when we wake up uh, on the chairs and we say the serenity prayer, I was full of energy. I used to feel I'm in a different place. Uh, Alanon has, it has given me a new life, I would say. It's so difficult to live with an alcoholic whose, whose disease is progressing. So is his insanity. When I attended many meetings, I've realized there came a time that I saw um, I don't belong to him. I've spent a lot of time with, you know, trying to fix this marriage, this family. And actually, there is no family, a family where I'm not respected. Every time, you know, I'm abused. I'm finding a place to sleep. 
to even to take a call i need to go to a toilet to attend to a call in, and then he in uh, meanwhile he's become a bedridden so i was like bedridden? behaving like a nurse wife yeah he's become bedridden so what were his what were his health issues that he eventually had okay so he drank so much that he did not his food was alcohol as a result of which he lost a lot of weight he has pancreatic attacks and later on he was diagnosed with ankylosing spondylitis the ankylosing spondylitis is a very deadly disease where the you know your backbone they start becoming hard and a person starts bending he also suffered multiple times of tuberculosis mm-hmm. so he has become bedridden but he was has a very strong will power he did not stop earning oh, he wow. managed from the bedroom he used to do his business he's been to singapore in this condition but he uh, took uh, one of my relative with him and he managed to run the house so money was his part he used to do the business uh, for the whole month bring the grocery for 5 6 month and then go back to drinking go back to where drinking Uh-huh. go back to drinking uh-huh. and whenever he falls sick then he used to drink only juice there was one uh, family member who was a nurse so he she was requested to come and give iv whenever required so he managed to create a small hospital in the house and continue with his drinking what a powerful character he was So did you eventually decide to leave him and if so how, how did that come about So it so happened that the house that he built has had two floors first floor and ground floor it so happened that I requested him to let me work So there came a time I bet I came to a point that fine our lives are different you want to drink please drink You don't want to give me any money please don't care I cannot leave the house because I was 40 plus and I'm I was very connected to my children. So I cannot live without my children and this house that you built it belongs to me even but why can't we live our own lives in the same house? I did my uh, aerobics training uh, as an instructor I said I'll just go out for taking a 2 hours class please allow me that. But he didn't do that. I said okay. So what happened that I resented? I started resenting him a lot, and I pretended to not be in house, but I stayed on the first floor for fifteen days. Oh wow! Yes, and I I really enjoyed that thing. You know, I used to uh, very quietly come into the first floor, and my maid was kind enough to pass on the food. So for fifteen uh, twenty days, he did not know that I am there. he was on the first floor and i was on the ground and ground there was it was furnished and i really enjoyed being alone not listening to his voice was a heaven for me and there i i i read a book i think opening your heart transforming your losses i was reading that book and i realized that this relationship has already died and you know why it has died because there was a time with I had an extramarital affair for a very short time, and though I ended 
because I went to a clinical psychiatrist and he told me that not, this is not working for you. But I had more resent, uh, I was got resented with him because as an Indian female who could never think of you know, being into a relationship with other men, because of my husband, I went out with this man. Why? Because he talked about my life. He talked about my college. He talked about my friends. But here my husband, who was, who was continuously criticizing me for not being a good mother, for not cooking mm. well, for not cleaning, for not doing housekeeping. And I used to think, why don't you marry a housekeeper? Why do you want a wife who should be beautiful, who should speak English, but at the same time, she should be a housekeeper? And on the other hand, you know, he never helped me in any household. None of that, you know, he was able to help me. But I was lucky that he always, we managed to have a God-sent servant who supported me, who really supported me. So I stayed for 10, 15 days. And there I took a decision for uh, doing a, a course in nutrition. So I uh, decided and I said, whatever it takes, I'm going to do this course. You had enough money now to do that? Good, good question. You know what? He made sure I do not have anything in the bank. So it was, I knew my father would support me in this. I was, I'm very lucky to have father like me because he's, he's kind of compensated me for getting married to the alcoholic. I uh, told him that, look, I'm going to do this course. And at the same time, I filed for divorce. And this divorce was to, you know, kind of control him because his madness was going out of the roof. When he got the notice for the first time, he was mad. His ego has been hurt for the first time. He never expected I will send. He didn't know it was coming. But at the same time, I wanted to live in the same house also. Why? Because of the children? Because of the children. <laughs> have a few children's picture books or footy boots that your kids have outgrown but want to find them a loving home we'll drop them in at 3cr and put them in the books and boots bin books and boots regularly sends pre-loved children's picture books and sports footwear to remote and regional first nations communities and children across the country contact us at books and boots or go to the website www.booksandboots.org.au we love a good book talking about ecological thinning and subsidised longing but we basically mean the same things don't we here? Wherever there are chemical corporations around the world they're constantly trying to chip away at regulations. Earth Matters bringing you environmental and social justice stories from developments in government and industry to the campaigns and communities that are standing up to them. Earth Matters plays at 11am Sunday and 6.30am Wednesday. Turn your dial to 855am 
or listen online at 3cr.org.au. While the headlines have subsided, the nuclear power plant is still not under control, with the spent fuel rods removed from only one out of four reactors. Law needs to change so that uh, our rights can be recognised, so that decisions in relation to the use and exploitation of our lands is ours. This is the Living Free Show on 3CR Digital Radio and live streaming on 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming. And we are talking with Poonam about recovery from the effects of being close to someone with a problem of alcoholism. There came a time when he literally threw me out of the house. Yeah. So he literally threw me out of the house with his uh, parents' help because what he's done is he brought this house in the name of his mother. So that when it comes to uh, throwing me out or if I file a divorce, I don't get my share. And uh, the police was brought in the front of police. You know, he threw me out of the house. His parents were supporting him. His parents supported him. Okay. So they were enabling and this is sad, but what to do? So I came back. uh, I was very sad because... I was taken to the police station with him and that inspector asked me, uh, ma'am, you were, you're not staying with him for last few days. So you get a, uh, get this um, from court approval from court to stay in your house. And so ma'am, you have to leave because this man is mad and you know, I can't control him. I said, fine. And that day uh, I was in a, like a public transport. I crossed my house, which I'm staying here. <laughs> so I'm staying in the same house. Oh, so I crossed the house. house. Yes, I'm in the same house. So God has done all the miracles for me. And that's why, you know, my trust is of next level. When I was passing the house, I was very, very low that time. You know, I said, God, that's my house. And, you know, I have to leave it. You know, what's my mistake? I'm not drinking. And that day um, when I was traveling, my heart was going down and you know what i got a call i got a call from a newcomer who was who was a neighbor at my parents place this is a newcomer to alana yes so she asked me didi um, like didi's like sister she asked me i'm not able to find uh, the meeting place and then suddenly my you know my spirits rose i said punam you have a purpose and that uh, member is still doing meetings now. <laughs> She's an Alanon member. And uh, I came to my parents' place. But this time, you know, my conviction was different. I wanted to do the course. I had clarity. I had a clarity that I don't want to make up a family, which is not a family. So <laughs> let me do this course. So my father paid for the course. I joined it and I enjoyed the classes. Uh, I was studying with uh, students of my children's age. Okay. <laughs> okay. But I never behaved like an auntie, you know. I was like young like them. That's come from Alanon. I don't know everything here. I'm like you. And um, I enjoyed the course. I taught the course. Because this time I did the course not out of the fear of the teachers. This time, I was doing out of choice. This decision was because of Alanon wisdom. 
that I have to stand on my feet and not doing a bigger job because there was a time I used to do any kind of job which I was not fit for. Only job, job, job. You know, if even if I get a peon job, I would do that job and then leave after fifteen days because my heart was not a good job. Yeah. Here, I have taken a decision to be a nutritionist. Yes. So I topped the course, and here starts the miracle. So while I was staying with my parents, I used to get calls from my sons about their father' insanity because he used to call police. My husband used to call police, and I was yes, he used to call police, lying to the police that my son is hitting on me. He's hitting. He hit me. Yeah, and also uh, he, uh, my husband used to abuse me for using all those that she's a prostitute or something. So my my eldest son got very resentful with him because he knew the reality. But I, because of Alanon, I used to give them hope. You know, let me just finish the course, and we are going to rent a house. We'll do something. We will not stay with your father. And you know, and all this courage was coming from Alanon to give them hope. So here the miracle started. I finished with my course. It was one year course, and I used to come to my uh, husband's place to meet my children. It was around 25th December. He was unwell, quite unwell. And I, my course has ended. So he got sick and we took him to the hospital. I stayed in the hospital with him in ICU for 10, 15 days. And again, this was Al-Anon, which was, I hated my husband. I was very happy that he was in hospital, but I was doing my duty as a, as a wife. And also, I had come on the very correct time. If he had died without my like presence, I wouldn't be allowed in my house. You know. Uh-huh. Yes, my sister-in-law, my sister-in-law, my brother-in-law, my father-in-law would not have allowed me. But I just came in the right time. You know, it was just God's will. So when my husband, in fact, you know, I um, I offered my blood to him. There was blood transfusion. So I gave my blood to him. And then uh, there came a time when I spoke to my sponsor. I said, look, I'm very happy. This man is in front of me. And he's having a pathetic time. And uh, he's like, he's passing the stools and diet and everything he's doing. I'm very happy. He got bed sores. And he was actually suffering. So uh, she said, can you forgive him? I said, I don't want to forgive him. But she said, Poonam, just pretend to forgive him. I said, okay, <laughs> now let me do that. So I went to him and I uh, just, I put my hand on his forehead. I told him, uh, okay, I forgive you. Same day, um, his parameters fall. He was on ventilator. Because my, my sponsor said, you know, God is waiting for him to be forgiven so that, you know, his misery end." So don't delay that. I said, fine. And I saw this in front of me. Mm-hmm. He was on the ventilator. Mm-hmm. And you know what? When he was on the ventilator, I could see my freedom. I could never imagine, you know, I'll get this freedom this way. So he died exactly 10 years before in 2013. How, yeah. how did it come to be? Did you automatically get the house legally or was it still in his mother's name? 
okay uh i still in his mother's name but i am living in the same house with my children and i want to tell you something my mother in law has passed away my father in law is staying with my sister in law and my brother in law and now we are sharing good relationships you it was that. just because yeah we are sharing good relationship and here again alanon part because after his death there were a lot of resentments but i never participated in that okay yeah. i never gossiped about my sister in law she, she was doing everything but now she also changed yeah so your She's your uh, change through alanon um meant that you were uh you know when when the mother in law died you hadn't done any more damage you hadn't caused any- no no not at all not at all because i still feel it's a family disease and his parents were also victim of alcoholism yes yes yes, yes. Yeah. so you know alanon has taught me to be honest rigorously honest mm-hmm. so i don't practice self righteousness you know because to his parents so they are bad no they were never bad it was only because of alcohol and yes they have done enabling but that's a sickness that's a family sickness that's the that's what always happens nearly always happens. yeah um now you've said that you you're rigorously honest and you don't gossip tell me some other things that you've that you learned in alanon or had reinforced in alanon okay so i have uh, i use alanon in my daily affairs okay and from past 10 years i can very clearly say that uh, i had a lot of awareness lots and lots of awareness so first thing that i did was i started uh, taking care of myself and literally i enjoyed my life because i was focused on myself i didn't focus on my uh, you know growing kids so because i was focused on myself uh, and i enjoyed working on myself Mm-hmm. so in this uh, context i attended meetings i uh, uh, i uh, chaired meetings i went to conventions and, and i thoroughly enjoyed and i also speak to many many newcomers mm-hmm. you know i just um what should i say i tell i share my experience strength and hope to come to the meetings so i uh, i focus on myself i use this then i practice detachment so uh, my youngest son is affected by uh, his this alcoholism in a way that he doesn't drink but his behavior is not fine i know that he requires adult children for alcoholic but i know it's not easy to take him there so he kind of misbehaves with me number of times couple of times but i detach i don't go into argument when he comes to me with many problems all right so i don't uh, you know get into any kind of argument i i'm very aware of what i'm talking to him uh, another thing is he's working he's working somewhere so if he doesn't want to tell me i don't force him to you know share with me so i detach okay and uh, then he wants some kind of um, uh help from my side because he's not paying me anything this household is run by my father's pension so i don't ask for any money because here comes this uh, thing whether i want to be right or i want to be happy as a kunamondu be happy so 
if even if i forcefully take money from him i will not be happy so i do uh you know help him cooperate him in whatever way i can i do that so i practice detach then uh, there are many things which he doesn't help me in anything but again i detach and i you know i step back and see you know he did not have a good childhood he did, he was um, i have not accompanied him most of the time you know i was at my parents place so so he doesn't trust me so much but the positive side is my eldest son you know he is uh, he's a very cute guy and uh, because i never controlled him and we we enjoy the full freedom we enjoy full freedom and um, he shares everything with me and even if i want to go for a date or something then i could tell him that i want to go for a date so that's the kind of freedom i'm sorry i'm getting a call mm-hmm. so that you know that i learned from alanor that i don't want to be a controller of my children yes, yes. no so this is one thing which we are enjoying is freedom Yes. freedom of making our own decisions yes. freedom of making mistakes and learning from them and at the same time you no know, uh, we are there for each other my eldest son comes to me and he can tell whatever mistakes he does he can accept that and here i am not oh god what you have done you should have done that you should have done i was saying sweetheart i was not as smart like you you i think you are taking better decisions okay so i could say alcoholism has uh, been i think a greatest gift for me because if i wouldn't have met my husband i wouldn't be what i am today and i'm proud of that and you know we we talk about self realization and meditation prayer you know, which which i wouldn't have got if i was not in this program so my uh, message is to you know join the alanon meetings and you know you'll find people and i i know many newcomers say oh we are very busy you know it's very difficult to attend the meetings i would say you know alcoholism is a serious disease it's so difficult to live with an alcoholic because he is insane he will make you insane and you know suicides and murders and you know jail and prison they are they are, they can be a news they they can be so easily they happen in this yep. family yep. but if you join alanon with an open heart because here i'm not joining i didn't join to stop his drinking maybe it was for the first time that i thought but then i very soon realized that this program is for me it is this program has helped me in self realize uh, you know self realization which is my ultimate goal yeah you know make a making a conscious contact with god you know and then you know handing over to higher power and th- these all things i learned from alanon and also you know i don't feel lonely i'm single i'm single because i've seen people who are so scared of being alone they go into the wrong uh, you know relationships yeah. because they are being scared of alone i enjoy my loneliness at the same time i have a beautiful family with whom i can interact wherever i want Okay, yeah. and lastly, with the help of Alanon program, you know, one can create a life which which I love to you know I build my new life, which is not focused on my children, my family, my husband, you know, yeah. my business. It's beyond that. 
Yes. Beyond that. So I am recently I'm diagnosed uh, with, uh, you know, multiple myeloma. And, you know, this is because of Alanon strength that I know I will come out of it one day at a time. I'm handing over to God. No, I'm not crying. Why me? I said, why not me? Because last 10 years, I have lived a happy, joyous, free life. Yeah. And I'm going to live the you know, next 10 years with the same intensity. Just one, one final thing. What is your understanding of God or the higher power? Understanding of my higher power is that if I am honest, then I can get all the answers inside me. So that higher power is, and you know, he is, his presence has to be felt. His presence has to be felt. So some, sometimes, most of the time, it is inside me. And when I'm aware of this, I can connect to different sources outside. So while doing the meetings, I can only catch if I that higher power awareness is there inside me. So I would say this universe has been guiding me because I, I'm honest and uh, I don't have exact answer, but yes, the higher power for me is that something that, you know, I can talk to God. I can talk to him. There's a painting outside, you know, I just talk to him like he's my, he's my like partner sometimes. Yeah. I talk to him. Yeah. Like right now I go to him and I said like, you're given this disease, you're going to handle it now. Please do this. Or sometimes if I'm drinking tea, so I said, God, I'm enjoying the tea. So, you know, God is somewhere, uh, most of the time it is with me only. And I never feel lonely. But at the same time, I can extend my, uh, this love and compassion to other people when I'm aware of, of the God inside. That's about all we've got time for. So I'd like to thank Poonam for sharing her experience with us today. Thanks, Poonam. If you're concerned about drinking in a relative or friend and would like to find out more about Al-Anon family groups, then you can phone them on 1300 252 666 or go online at alanon.org.au. Coming up next, we have Balam Wa, the spirit of Wa, hosted by Uncle Taljim Choco Edwards. Join Uncle Choco on a journey of belonging and movement through sing-alongs and yarns. Thanks for listening. Stay safe and stay tuned now for more Radical Radio on 3CR. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.